The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to the show. And man, I was ready to have a frickin' stroke at this game. That and more here on show 477. Well, before I get into the game, let me just congratulate Khalil, the Mac Attack, for being the Defensive Player of the Month. Well-deserved, because in this game, he made a huge difference. Trust me, without him, there would have been no victory in this Sunday's game. That is Faux Show. All right, Raider Nation, on today's show... We will have the post game for my little kitties. Man, they almost snuck up on us and pounced. Crazy game. I call it the cardiac arrest game. Unbelievable emotions in the stands. <laughs> Crazy. And of course, we have Dub Buffalo Bills run by Rob and Slob Ryan and Company. It's Rex and his brother, Rob the Slob, who really was a horrible defensive coordinator for us for way too long. Their team is potent, and they can hurt us. They can win this game. It is a tough, I think one of the toughest games of the year for our team. Their matchup is deadly for us. We'll hit on that. We will touch on the bone line, and that should wrap up the show, folks. This is a very important week. For the Raiders, as we try to make the playoffs, playoffs, that's right. (laughs) Let's get to it, shall we? On a beautiful Sunday afternoon, the Oakland Raiders held host to my Blue Kitties, the Carolina Panthers, who came in. And, uh, well, I thought this was going to be a much easier game, especially when it came to halftime. Raiders led this game 24-7 to at the half, and we were dominating this team pretty much throughout the first half of the game. Khalil Mack's interception for a pick six was amazing just to end the half. Newton in the gun, slot left, Olsen runs it out, cut, they fake that, they spring, intercepted by Khalil Mack, touchdown, Raiders! Gotta... To read that screen and just get out in that flat and the hands, I mean, he made that same play at the University of Buffalo against Ohio State to get him drafted number five overall, and he does it against the reigning uh, NFL MVP to put you up 24-7 in the halftime. That is the defining play of Mac's young career. And then he jumped into the black hole and everything was beautiful there. The Raiders go up 24 to 7 at the half and they needed those points. They, they did kick Denver's ass pretty solid, but for 30 minutes, the way they dominated that first half against the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. What, did, what were your thoughts on the first 30 minutes alone? 
You know, I I talked about it in the pregame show that I want to see them take their game to the next level because I feel like going into the playoffs, you need to be playing your best football. And by blowing teams out, which Carolina's a good football team. It's a good test to the Raiders. They're a physical team. And I was like, we're going to blow them out of this stadium when I watched the first half. And I said, this is exactly what I was talking about in the pregame. And all of a sudden, we saw the switch happen. But for that first half, that was the best half of football they have played this year. Yeah. Best half of any. Probably going back to when you were playing. That's exactly. We're going back. It's yeah. the best half of football I have seen because they complete, for the most part, they dominated that football game. They did. And I think the whole Raider Nation thought we were going to blow these guys out. And then the third quarter rose its ugly head yet again this season. I don't know what it is with the Raiders, but the third quarter Seems to be a tough quarter for the Raiders. Before Carr got injured, you just knew that Carolina, that could have been the nail in the coffin for them. But I had too much respect for Cam Newton and this team. I expected them to come out in the second half and fight. We had 18 unanswered points. Derek Carr throws an interception after he jams his finger and a fumble, of course. Those were two turnovers. And... We could not get out of our own way. Uh, Ted Ginn just destroyed us on the long run. I mean, he'd run and blow everybody out. We had David Amerson was out. And then let me just say, DJ Hayden, please, bro, can you stop grabbing a jersey? I mean, he grabs just a little bit. They toss a flag. They're watching him like crazy. We've got to have more Penalty yards on D.J. Hayden alone throughout this whole season. I know he's getting better, but I don't know if he's good enough for this team. Amerson being out really hurt us. And the way the Panthers run the football, they have a lot of scheming runs. It's like a college game. They were hurting us. And like I said, Ted Ginn Jr. was torching us. And here's where here's where attention to details pop that you your secondary and your safeties they they look at tendencies and say the fastest guy on the field is Ted Ginn. You cheat. You cheat to that side and you better you the every whole time. Every time. Every yeah. every time coach. He's waiting for the moment yes. you're not. Yes, coach. Yeah, I, 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 it just drives me nuts. Me too. I I mean really. So between those guys uh they they scored some touchdowns and they they came ahead of the Raiders. They were ahead of us going into the fourth quarter. And then let me just say this as well. When the Raiders have a chance to put their foot on the opponent's neck, it just seems to me our offensive coordinator is a he's a pussycat. I can't I don't even know <laughs> any way to describe his lack of drive when we have our lead. He seems to like to sit down and run the ball and not be aggressive. I don't understand that mentality, you know, but that's what we have. I think a turning point in that game, even though Papa, when they were down and starting to make that comeback, I, I thought coaching, I thought Carolina Riverboat got out coached. And, and then as soon as we get behind, he starts to step up the playbook. 
I don't get it. I'll never get it because we should just crush these teams. Not to be done on this Sunday either. Why did the Raiders' defense let Carolina get back into the game? The third quarter, Carolina completely flipped the game. They outscored the Raiders 18 to nothing. 155 total yards to the Raiders, 45. The Raiders turned it over twice. Carolina had 12 points off of turnovers, nine first downs for the Panthers compared to two for the Silver and Black. In the third quarter, our defense was getting gashed left and right, pass and run. I mean, can we get a tackle, please? I mean, they were missing three and four times to tackle and wrap a guy up. I don't get it. It was stressful. I was ready to have a stroke. Because this defense at times looks awesome and other times looks pathetic. They got to figure out a way, we've been talking about this, to keep the two safeties back and not ask Reggie Nelson to play single high. That's where the big plays are occurring. He goes to the wrong side. They they compromise him, and they hit him over the top, and the safety's not there. These corners cannot cover the whole field. So just what what did you see from there's so many big plays, the jump ball well, that's, uh, to Benjamin, to post again, Jr. I mean, they, they hit him over the top for a couple of huge plays. The Raider deep secondary overall, though, guys, is it – I remember asking you this weeks ago, because they have gotten better. They have. The, fir- the first part of the year, they were giving up 32 points a game. The first six and the last four going into the game last week, they gave up 20 a game, which is if, if they're holding the opponents to 20, Bill, Derek's going to get you in the low 20s and he's going to beat you some way or another. Even the game in Mexico City, when they were got off for three quarters, he got them to 27 to win the game. Now, if we can hold a team to t- see, it used to be where if you could hold a team to two touchdowns and a field goal, you ha- you have to win. Because your offense is going to score 20-plus. In all the offenses I played for, that was the mindset. Defense, hold them under 20, and you win. I didn't see one jam in the whole third quarter. They were allowing the wide receivers to just run right by them, and they did. And and number 88, (laughs) the uh, tight end for uh, my Blue Kitties was killing us. Greg Olson... And he's, he's an old player, but he found the soft spots in the defense and exploited it to the very nth degree. We almost lost the game because of this guy. Nobody could cover Olsen. I don't get that in this defense. I just don't. Carolina trailed Oakland 24-7 to at the half and after the Jonathan Stewart touchdown. Ted Ginn Jr. going 88 yards and Jonathan Stewart again. Next thing you know, Carolina's winning 25-24. to And then it looks like they're about to step on the throats of the Raiders when Kelvin Benjamin scored on that bomb from 44 yards out. So rather than pine more about the third quarter, because I'm telling you, not until... Carr came out of the tunnel after jamming his pinky pretty hard, too. He was dislocated. You could see he was all going the wrong direction. When he came back out of the tunnel with the glove on like Michael Jackson, well, he turned into Michael Jackson, and he beat it all the way down the field. Trust me. Derek Carr saved this game almost single-handedly. Now, Sean Smith, he had a dropped interception. That would have been a great time to get one. But that's okay. Defended the pass. Roberts crushed number 27 on his touchdown 
in the end zone. Just crushed the guy. Probably busted some ribs. It was a beautiful pass. Seth Roberts has been a game changer because you're looking at a guy who knows he's not going to be Crabtree and he's not going to be Cooper on the food chain. Doesn't complain about it, just runs great routes and gets open and scores touchdowns. Matt Carr looking left, lobbing for the end zone for Roberts. He made the catch. Touchdown! Raiders! Incredible to me. And Greg Papa, again, brilliant calls along the way yesterday. The fact that Roberts is getting open, and it's very simple to everyone in this league. You cannot double-team Roberts. He's not the guy who's going to get double-teams. He's always in one-on-one coverage. He runs really clean routes. He blocks downfield. He does everything. Another warrior who made this roster and now has proven to be a really good player in this league. Then it was 32 to 24. And I'm scratching my head saying, okay, eight points. You know that Carr is going to come back and Carr's got to make a great play. Clyde Walford got a TD as well. I thought this was the play of the game on offense. Carr in the gun. Three receivers bunched left to Murray Cooper, singled up right on Bradbury. Derek, a low snap, catches it. Cox throws for the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! That was critical. At that point, that was critical. Uh, Seth Roberts here for the two-point conversion. Now, remember how important this is for all teams. Alex Smith did it for Kansas City last night. If you don't have the ability to score on that two-point conversion, you're dead in this league. You've got to have guys who are open. And again, Carr trusts everyone, including Roberts. It is uh, Jamez Zalawada, the fullback, now flipping to Derek's right. It's a sprint right. Derek looking right. Throws. Cut. Seth Roberts, game is tied at 32. Derek Carr's back. And for Latavius Murray, even though the Raiders didn't run for big, big yardage, when it counted in the red zone, Latavius took over. They have a bunch formation left. Amari Cooper singled up right. Derek Carr got a handoff to Murray off the left side of cutback. Touchdown, Raiders! The Tay Train's ninth rushing touchdown of the year. Crabtree. Amazing hands again. Caught the long ball out of nowhere. Lost his helmet. Crazy, crazy. I I could tell you, this team reminds me, Randy was saying it, and it, it totally got a light bulb to go off in my mind. You know, the, the Raiders of the 80s were dominant. They were very dominant. They, they beat everybody by a lot. They were tougher, uh, more consistent. But this team here, the 2016 Raiders... Remind me of the the 1970 Raiders, the Kenny Stabler Raiders. But you were talking, Tony. This year's team reminds me more of the 70s Raiders. Even though you know Plunkett's Raiders are rich, but the 70s Raiders. Well, George Bland in '70 had so many games at the end where he'd come in off the bench and save LaMonica and kick a field goal to win it or tie it. He won the MVP that year. But then, I, as you were mentioning. It's like Snake Stabler. I mean, Snake was the guy that had all the fourth-quarter comebacks where you just, the Raiders are down five, first and ten on the 20, and they got 52 seconds to go, and Snake's going to get you a touchdown, and you're going to win the game. And that's kind of what Derek has become, where five different fourth-quarter comebacks this year where no matter what, you knew, they were down eight points, you know, with the whole quarter to go. But Mexico City, they were down seven with about ten minutes to go, and they just, he's just got, I, I, it's just a trust factor. It's a belief when he gets in the huddle, like Joe Montana and the great ones, that they're going to figure out a way to, 
to score and win this game at the end. It's incredible. Bob, let me ask you, is, is that why you think the narrative that is that the Raiders aren't really that good because they've been having to come behind? Everyone's like, oh, you know, but these games they should have lost. Is, is, is the perception really reality when you look at this Raiders? What, do, what are you seeing? Well, you know, John Elway had the stat, uh, I think, Bill, you would know better than I. Elway's had the most fourth-quarter comebacks in his career, and they showed that stat to Johnny Unitas one day, and he said, I never gave up the lead. I never had to come from behind. <laughs> so there's a little bit of that going on. I, I think it's mainly – I think America's starting to believe in the Raiders, but I, I think there is – like talking to Nance and Sims before the game, there were a little bit of, you guys that good, really? He's you know, good as Denver and Kansas City. and I think it's more the defense, Low. I, I think there's a – because they see the, the major breakdowns in the secondary and some of the run fits on the boundaries, they get lost, and it's just more marrying up the, the deep secondary with the linebacking level and the you know, cornerback play. I think there's a belief in the NFL. And the next segment I want to get into what's going on with Denver and Kansas City. But I think ultimately the reason the league doesn't believe in the Raiders is the cornerbacks. And yeah, I think, that's, uh, I, I think agree Derek's with that. got to overcome that. I think they, they don't have a lot of respect for the Raider cornerbacks. Rich, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. JP, it's always great to hear your voice, brother. How you doing? Great, Rich. Thanks a lot for coming on. And, you know, you've been on Carr from the beginning in a good way. You said right when he came out of the draft in his first year, even with the struggles that he had with his record, you liked his competitive edge and the ability to lead. Assess the play of Carr this season. Yeah, he's been really solid. I, I just, you know, I think it's been a process for him like it is for a lot of young quarterbacks. But, J.T., I saw some things from him his rookie year that really got my attention. I mean, that was not a great offensive line he played behind. He didn't really have the, the talent around him, especially at the wide receiver position, at the running back position. And so, you know, I just looked at the way he hung in there, the way he threw the ball, the way he competed, the way he got knocked around and dusted himself off and got back up in there. It showed some real toughness. And remember, that was kind of a knock on him coming out of college that against better competition that – you know, he didn't sit in the pocket, and, you know, he he, uh, he flinched, and you, you saw no signs of that his rookie year, and I just think you've continually have seen a player that has improved. Uh, there's been change around him, which I think, you know, you look at the, the fact that they had a coaching change, a coordinator change, and he's just come out of it unscathed, and I just think you look at him this year, the way he's throwing the ball, he's got command of the offense, and, and I think more importantly, he's become the unquestioned leader of that team, which I think is significant. There were times where you were a vocal leader and you just went out there and showed everybody how to do it on the field. What do you like about what he's doing? Because he is showing emotion. When he came out of the tunnel after the pinky finger injury, there was emotion from the crowd. The crowd roared like when you were playing back in the day in your MVP run. It seems like he gets the fact that his teammates are looking at him and he's got to show leadership and sometimes be emotional. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's a process, you know, with, with a lot of young players. Look, he came in as a second-round pick. He was a, you know, a starter right away, or just about right away. And I think that, you know, people look at that and they say, you know, um, you know, they don't understand that it's, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think he's, as I said, he's, he's matured. He understands his role and his responsibility. This team is going to go as far as Derek Carr can take him. I mean, make no mistakes about that. I mean, he's that type of player. And, you know, I think when you look at the top young players coming out in our in our league in the last five years, I think he's certainly one of them. So, um, you know, I just think his toughness to me, you know, I look at the finger injury and he came back like that. I just think this team really believes that this guy is good enough to get him to the promised land. 
There were games, and I was there for them, that you had to win in a shootout. And you had some pretty good defensive players, but your mindset on those playoff runs and the run to the Super Bowl, knowing that you had to put up a big number, maybe 28, 30 points to win some of those games, very similar to what this team is going through in the mindset of Carr coming into these games. Yeah, I never forget the conversation that I had with John Gruden um, you know, early in my career in Oakland. He, he would sit me down on a Friday and say, we don't score 30 points this week, we have no chance. And so... I mean, that is pressure, and, and uh, I think we got better on the defensive side of the ball during my time in Oakland um, when we started adding pieces like, you know, Rod Woodson or Trace Armstrong or John Perello, those type of players, even a Bill Romanowski that, you know, came in and really helped bring a level of professionalism and attention to detail to that side of the ball. That that really helped us, and also getting rid of some players that never really bought in. But, yeah, it's tough. I think it's part of it. Um, I, I would say this. I, I think when you look at where they're at offensively, um, you know, I just think they're playing with such confidence right now, and no one's really shut them down uh, per se. Uh, they, it's, when they when they haven't played particularly well, they've kind of stopped themselves with mistakes and and turnovers. But uh, I just think that they're gonna they're pretty explosive. They're gonna give people a handful there, and if they can just improve a little bit on the back end, and and you know make people you know make people drive eighty yards and not give up the explosive plays. Explosive plays are demoralizing to a defense. Rich, uh, take us back in the day with Gruden and especially with Callahan, too, when you felt that players weren't buying in. And I saw you there at 3 in the morning when I had to catch a flight. You'd come in afterwards to break down film. You lived in the building. You broke down film, and you loved it. When you saw teammates not buying in, how tough was it for you to point them out, deal with that, and try to get them to buy in the way you were? You were a workaholic with John Gruden. Not every player can do that. No, but I think you want to try and get it. And on your roster, that's the challenge, I think, for Reggie McKenzie and Jack Del Rio. It gives many people that really love football and are just passionate about it. And look, I, I, it was really hard for me, JQ, as you know, those first, especially those first three or four years, because, you know, we were building a program. And, and when I first got to Oakland, it was so dysfunctional. I mean, we had players that really didn't love it and didn't care and didn't take care of themselves and, and had all kind of issues. And it just was really hard to, you know, it was hard to, to try and go out on the road and beat a team like Denver or Kansas City. So, it, you know, we, I think we eventually got rid of those type of players and we started bringing in the good, good quality players with good core values and principles. And, and you're never going to have 53 players on your roster that are absolutely 100% all in. It's just, just not going to happen. Everybody plays for different reasons. But what you hope is that you have enough players like a Derek Carr, uh, you know, that, that demand excellence and perfection from those around them. And if you get, if you can get one of them in every room, in the running back room and offensive line room and wide receiver, defensive line, line, then all of a sudden something special begins to happen. And I think that's what we're seeing in Oakland. This is a much different football team than we've seen the last couple of years. Rich, last one, uh, your relationship from when Al Davis was alive, first knowing Mark Davis, now with Mark Davis today, and the organization, Reggie McKenzie and Jack Del Rio, and let the fans know how you feel about them. You come back to Oakland from time to time. What does this organization mean to you today? It means a great deal, and it always has. And I would just say this. I am so happy, and I think a lot of people around the league are. I'm not talking about maybe other teams, but I think the league office, to see the Raiders finally back really where they need to be. And I, I just I'm so proud that this team and – has responded to Jack's leadership. I played with Jack Del Rio. Um, I've covered his games for a long time when he was in Jacksonville or Denver. And Jack was a teammate of mine. And I, I just have the great, I think he's done a terrific job with this football team. He's honest. He's straightforward. 
uh, and he tells it like it is. And I think that's what this team has needed. And I, I tip my hat to the job that Mark Davis has done. He, was, he has been very patient, probably a lot more patient than his father ever would have been with even Reggie McKenzie or even, uh, you know, some, uh, some players, a coach, even Jack. You know, I think he's been patient with the process, and it's paying off in a big way. Thank you, Rich. We always appreciate your time. You're doing a great job on TV and on radio. Thank you so much. You're the best. Thanks, JT. The Kenny Stabler Raiders, the Sea of Hands game, Heidi game, I mean, all these games, the Holy Roller, these games were decided when Kenny Stabler put the team on his back and went in and won the football game. That's what Derek Carr reminds me of. This is the kind of team that 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 reminds me of as well. The the lucky wins that we got when Kenny was our quarterback was crazy. I mean, it we would come back out of nowhere. People didn't think we could win, and Kenny would take us there. Derek Carr does the very same thing. Amazing comparison. Think about it, Raider Nation. So Roberts, Murray, I mean. DJ Hayden, I said, has got some issues. Taiwan Jones is showing himself, too. Bruce Irwin is a beast on the other side. We need to have Smith back. Number 99 needs to come back from his exile of Roger Goodell. Let me go on a rant. Now, I don't know what's happening up there in New York. What I'm hearing from Romanowski is that we'll have an answer by Friday. Speaking of 99... Bill, I know you're tight with the folks on Park Avenue. What's going on with the commissioner and Alden Smith? Yeah. Are you going to let them play football this Man, year? Man, they better. Purgatory all year and call yeah. them the Super Bowl. When are we going to find – isn't it fri- – is Friday the day we find out? No, it was last it's week. Be, November yeah. the 17th. Is See, I heard, days ago. I heard they, Friday. Oh, we're going to find out Friday if he's coming back? Yeah, that's what oh, I heard. So you know something. He, low, he knows something. Oh, come on, Bill. Bill, <laughs> hey. So you you're, you're hearing the Friday. He's going to say you're back or you're not coming back? Is that Well, what I just – I just hear Friday is kind of judgment day. Take it to the bank, Papa. Take it to the bank. What Bill is, spoken. What, what is this, the significance of Friday? I don't know. That's just what I heard. Yeah. Well, that would be great to get him back, and then we'll see about Mario. I know that number 99 didn't do himself any favors with his Cheek and John, Cheech and John video on social media. That was his mess up, and he should be, you know, that's the reason he's not back. I'm going to tell you right now, I guarantee you the commissioner is holding on to him because of that buffoonery. So I'm hoping the number 99 comes back. I hope Super Mario gets back soon because this is what we need for a run to the playoffs. Goodell better get it straight. Call this guy back on Friday and say, get on the field. You've shown, you know, you've had a year off. You've paid your dues, straighten up, or you'll be out the next time. And I hope that this young man is ready to play some football because we need him on the D-line. He is a vicious pass rusher. Vicious. Every bit as vicious as Mac. He can be that disruptive. And with him and Irwin floating around on the line, it could be very, very, very dangerous. (laughs) And we get Super Mario back. This could change the dynamic of our entire defense. But for now, we have who we have. And McGloin is not 
the guy. As much as I liked him in the past, and he was an efficient, effective reliever because he held down games before, he looked absolutely inept in this game. He hadn't played in 360 days, some crazy year. He hasn't played in a year. But let's not discount the fact that McGloin has been on the practice squad playing as the other quarterback, and he's been throwing the ball to everybody. I don't think he's the guy anymore. I think we better find someone better to back up. I don't think McGloin could hold this team because he doesn't have the skill set that Derek Carr has. He holds onto the ball way too long, obvious in this game. If he would have stayed in the whole game, definitely would have got the L in this contest. McGloin needs to be replaced. I just want to say it. Great job, Raiders. Way to run my blood pressure through the roof. Everyone else is too. What a fantastic victory. The sack fumble at the end of the game by Mack was amazing. And the way this team just keeps grinding out a win, I mean, <laughs> from the second, from the first half, thinking we were going to blow this team out to the last minute and a half of the game when I was stressing hard with everybody else, yelling like crazy, Coliseum was going nuts. Trust me. And there we go. We get the W. Good enough for me. We're 9-2. and two. I can't even believe it, but we are. And then we have the Buffaloes coming to town. We're going to hit on that right now. We ain't came to hurt nobody. Man, I came to break somebody. All right, let's do this pregame for the Buffalo Bills. Not the Duck Bills, but the Buffalo Bills. Coached by Sexy Rexy. The 6-4 and four Buffalo Bills traveled to the Coliseum on the West Coast, thank goodness, to play the Oakland Raiders at the Black Hole. Now, we don't play the Bills very often. Last time we played them, we beat them, not by a lot, but we did beat them. Also, the team was not the same. We played them last time. This is a must-win game for Buffalo. They have to win this game to stay competitive in their division. And let's not forget, they play the Patriots twice. So this year, against one of the all-time best teams, I hate to say that, makes me you know, sick to my stomach, they held the Patriots to zero points in the first game. Their defense snuffed out the offense of the Patriots, and that's a pretty doggone good offensive team. Now, Rex Ryan looks like he swallowed a canary when he talks about the Raiders. Oh, they've got a great offense. This will be a big challenge. And really, you could see that little smirk in his face. He's not worried at all. He thinks his team can come in here and beat the Raiders. And trust me, it is not a far cry from a possibility for sure. Now, the Patriots came back in their second game and destroyed them. Uh, 45 to 25, I believe that was the score. But Ryan's team is a running juggernaut. Shady McCoy 
is no joke. And when he gets 100 yards, they're 7-0. 100 yards, 7-0. and And this guy's as elusive as they come. The other guy that runs real well is their quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, which I didn't think was, was very good, really. He's been, like, talked about he's okay. But this year he's proving he could certainly get the ball out and get it to the right player. And if he doesn't, he could hurt you for 35 yards. He is a great running quarterback. He's got great eyes, and he really manages the ball game very well. He doesn't give up interceptions. He takes care of the ball. And trust me, their defense, 33 sacks so far this year, one of the top in the league. Their defense is brutal, and their offense is very, very potent. With Sammy Watkins, Percy Harvin, Robert Woods, those guys can put the hurting on you if we let them get out in space, which we did during the My Blue Kitties. If we don't jam these guys on the line of scrimmage, and I mean jam them, they're going to be running all over the place. We're not going to be able to contain them because their running game and their offensive line is ever bit as brutal with Richie Incognito at the helm. He is a beast. He is nasty. He's a great offensive lineman, and he will blow up some holes for this young running back or old running back, however you want to say it. LaShawn McCoy has not lost a step, and he's trying to run his way to a Super Bowl. Rex Ryan and Rob Ryan, brothers, you know, Buddy Ryan's sons, both really strong in the defense, really strong. Thus, their defense is dangerous, and it is brutal, and Derek Carr is going to really have to get that ball out because they're coming for him. This is a dangerous game for the Raiders. I think I'm more afraid of this game than any other game we play, besides Denver. Denver, Kansas City, I think these games are the toughest, and this opponent is no joke. This is not... I've heard people talking about, oh, we got the Bills. No, 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 my friend. This is far from an easy game. It will take everything we have to win this game. We're going to have to really put it down on the offense. They're going to do the same kind of things we're going to do. Screens. We're going to have to do short passes. You know, because we're not going to have a lot of time in the pocket. Their offensive line is very good at protection as well. But their quarterback really runs much better than our quarterback. I mean, this is going to be a very tight window. And if our defense doesn't stand up, we could have a real hard day on Sunday. I'll tell you how we win the game, though. If we can stop the run, we can win the game. Period. The running game is extremely complicated. Uh, It's the newfangled uh, jet sweep motion constantly. Uh, quarterback in a gun with a back to one side, a back behind him, and you've got many different options. Give it to the jet sweeper, give it to the fullback on the dive, pull it and run it, flip it to the back. You go, poof. You can go four different directions across the field uh, in the, you know, in the aim gap. You can run it out wide. It's a complicated deal. But I think what helps the Raiders is the fact you're playing this game right after the Carolina Panthers game. And I think that is what brought them to the Super Bowl last year was Mike Shula devising a perfect running game plan with all its complexities and motions and actions around Cam Newton. 
And then Cam just simply needed to pull it every now and then and throw the ball to a bunch of big-bodied wide receivers, go up and get it. And I think that's what they're doing in Buffalo with their running quarterback. So that's one aspect that you have to deal with. But the main thing when you're dealing with Rex Ryan is the exotic overload pressures. He's just... And he now that he's got Robbo, Rob Ryan on his staff, they're I mean the Ryan brothers were raised by Buddy and they're just they're, they're blitzaholics. They they that's all they do is bring pressure. So, you know, in years past Derek struggled when you brought that fifth and, and Ryan will bring six and seven. He will do unsound things. He'll bring one more than you have in to block and he'll do it off off center where they're not all lined up, you know, three and four on each side. He'll, he'll overload it where guys are walking around and seven will come to the, from the center's right and two from the left. And you're not, you got guys blocking air and you got, you know, three on twos on the other side or two on one. So, uh, yeah, stopping their running game, but also running effectively early in the downs and, and not letting them come at you with Rex's overload blitz. But I, I think that Bill Musgrave has just become a – I think he's one of the top play designers in football. He's using the whole width of the field. We saw it in Mexico City against Romeo Cronell and their big front, and they gave the Raiders a lot of problems that night. But he stretched them out uh, and was able to you know, use the backs up against the, the width of the field to open up the running game. But they've not run the ball well the last couple of weeks. they got to get back to where, you know, the way they were running against Denver in the, in the two games before that game. We stopped. The run, we will win the game. That's all I got to say. If we allow Shady McCoy to run all up and down the field, it's going to be a long day. Now, David Amerson's supposed to be back. He had light practice on Friday. I hope he's playing well. I hope he can play because his knee was bad. Keith McGill, you got to have him out there too because DJ Hayden... (laughs) He's killing us. He's killing us. Now, Kelechi had a knee issue. He had light practice. Murray had an ankle issue. He had some light practice. Perry Riley is somebody we have to have as a linebacker. And his hamstring was, was giving him a hard time. He must play. He has to play for us to win. That is a key role that we just can't have anybody sit in at all. Shalee Calhoun, he is out. Crabtree has an injury as well, but he practiced lightly. Rodney Hudson, he has a knee as well. He practiced lightly. Scacy McGee, uh, he practiced lightly as well. So I'm just hoping that these guys can play. We need everybody. We need all the first stringers to play if possible. We need Riley to play for sure, because if he doesn't play, that's going to be a tough game. And if Amerson doesn't play, it's going to be a tough game. I'd love to see McGill back out there, but who knows? Rodney Hudson must play. Crabtree must play. Murray must play. Kalechi Assembly must play. But all these guys have been injured, so we shall see now. The Bills have a lot of injuries, too. A lot of them they don't talk about. Rex Ryan lies like a dog when it comes to his injuries and his players. So we can't really put much water in that bucket. This is going to be a heck of a tough game for the Raiders. I'm telling you right now, show up to the Coliseum. I know you will, and be loud and very proud, because we'll need every voice at that 12th man 
to help this team win, I think, one of the toughest games of our season. And incidentally, you know, we're rolling into a tough, tough part of our schedule. We've done our part so far. We're 9-2. and two. We're looking at these Bills. We got the Bronco Hoes at home, at their house. We got the Chiefs at their house, which are now the perennial, you know, golden children. Uh, everyone's looking at the Chiefs to make the run, and they're kind of poo-pooing on the Raiders right now, honestly. Everyone's sucking on the, the teat of the Kansas City Chiefs for good reason. They got a good team until the playoffs. But they have a good team, and they want to make the playoffs. We have got to win in their house. We play the Colts, which is a winnable game, and then we play the Chargers, which is always tough. So we have three divisional contests in the last five games. Brutal. For, this is a brutal part of the schedule for the season because you're tired, you're injured, you're nursing all these injuries. We've already had our bye week. We're trying to get better. We can't do it every other Sunday. We had a short week this week as well. Raiders are going to have to really suck it up this last quarter of the season. If we want to make a run to the Super Bowl, then we need to get that home field advantage. We have to get a bye week. And the only way we're going to do that is to complete the task, which is run through the schedule and pull out at least three more victories. Three. We need three wins out of the last five. To take over the West, for sure, and to move on and get a bye week and be top of the AFC. Because I don't believe, I think the Patriots are the only ones that are close to us. But I think we can take four games would guarantee it. Three games are a great possibility. We got to win three games in the last five. That's a tall order with our schedule. But hey, man, <laughs> the Raiders can do it. We've seen them do it. You just have to do it, do it. And that's for sure. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad of the bone. Bad all right, the bone. it's time for the bone line 1 800. 620-7181, Get on it. We have a lot of callers. I'm going to try to sift through them. We're going to get on it. We love the Raider Nation. People are rising to the occasion. I love it. I'm seeing people all over the place sporting their brand new Raider stuff. <laughs> the bandwagon is packed. And that's okay with me. That's fine. I know who I am. And if you've been here for a while, you know who you are just as well. Who's on the bone line and what you got for us? And our first caller is a very good fan. I love this guy. This is Raider Dan from Kansas City. You know him. You gotta love him. He's in hostile territory. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Dan from KC. Hey, I love the new format with the show. God bless all the Raider fans out there. Hey, got to see my boys on TV just right after the game. Man, let me tell you what's going on here in KC. Raider fans are representing. I got my gear on. I'm smiling and cheesing. 
Car went down. Car came back in. Hey, man, I, I watched the deflatedness on TV of the team, but I'm never deflated. This is a special team. This is a special guy wearing number four out there. He's just touching people, pulling people together. You know, we're never out of a game. The defense out of a game, making, making plays. Bruce Irvin making plays. Hey, we 9-2, and two, baby. And I know, come on, BSPN, they go get to talking about what Carolina didn't do. Hey, if you score over 17 points in the second half, hey, you did your job, but the Raiders, the greatness of the Raiders did their job. Go Raiders. Yeah. Thanks for the call, my brother. And you know what? I, I have to point this out that the entire country is wearing silver and black, not just here in the Bay Area. I mean, everywhere, in hostile territory, in Denver, in Kansas City, in San Diego. Not that we didn't before, but there are so many more fans, and especially fans that have been around for a while. You ain't going to hear nothing from the other team, uh, nothing whatsoever. And BSPN, yeah, you know, we were the golden children early in the season. Now it looks like it could be a little tougher. They're never going to give us credit. Till we take the whole thing. Trust me on this. It's happened many times in the past. Thank you for the call, brother. Thank you for the props as well. It is always good to get a call from Raider Dan from Kansas City. And our next caller is Rudy the Vet, the East Coast Raider. He's in the house. What you have for us, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Rudy the Vet, the East Coast Raider, calling in from Delaware. Right after that Carolina, man, these guys are going to give me a heart attack, Raider Greg. I think they just like coming back in the fourth quarter. The will to win on this team is second to none. Second to none. Once again, Derek Carr, ice water, man. And Mack and Irvin coming up so big on that final drive. Wasn't pretty, but it's just win, baby. It's our mantra, man. It's who we are, man. And not calling him out, man, but I ain't heard his opinion on a while, man. The money, man, I want to hear from you, money, man. Where you at, bud? I miss your opinions on the nation, baby. I miss your opinions on the team, bro. I'm looking for you, money, man, because I heard you during the bad times, man. I want to hear you during the good times, man. 9-2 Nine and two feels so good, and no cussing, man. I got you, Raider Greg. No cussing, man. Nothing wrong with that new direction to the show. I love you guys. I love the Raider Nation. I love this team. Just win, baby. Raiders, or Chris Berman would say, the Raiders. And I'm out, baby. Nine and two, and I'm out. That is a great call, bro. A fantastic synapsis uh, of the hapsis that's going on in Oakland. Yeah, Derek Carr, what can I say? He left the game. You saw what happened to the team. He came back. You saw what happened to the team. End of story. Money man. Money man. Where are you, brother? We know you're there. You got to come on back home. You know what I'm saying. Thanks for the call, man. Nine and two. What you gonna do? You're gonna be loud and proud everywhere you go 
in your Raider gear. That's a fact. Thank you for the call, brother. And our next caller is Victor out of Fresno, California, the home of the Bulldogs, Derek Carr's alma mater. What is going on? You got to be happy, brother. Hey, Greg and Randy. This is Victor out of Fresno, California. Calling after the game. Well, that scary game against the Panthers. And I got to say, if anybody doubted Carr or thought that we could win without him, you saw what happened when McGloin went in there and he was pretty much just like a punching bag. He got hit and did not look very well. So Carr kind of showed us right there that without him, we're not going anywhere. And he's the leader of this team. And when he came back on that field, the way the crowd was cheering and, and the players, they needed that for, for inspiration to see that he wasn't going to give up. And I really do believe that he had a lot to do with the win today. Obviously, throwing all those touchdowns, even though he was injured despite an injury. And I'm glad we got to shut the hell up, Cam Newton there, because for a while there he was getting on my nerves when they started winning and pulling the way. But go Raiders, and here's on to the next one. We're 9-2, and two, and finally have a winning season. Love that call, man. I love that call. <laughs> Listen, a hometown boy from Fresno State goes to the Raiders and proves literally that he is the man. Yeah, McGloin, he's he's an issue. He's got an issue. They have to learn how to play with him because he's he's the guy. If Carr gets hurt, we can't have him playing that way. We have to have some kind of adjustment of some kind. Uh, when he goes in there, if he ever does again, I hope not. But, yeah, there's no doubt who the leader is of the team. There's no doubt who's going to bring us down the field. Uh, there is no doubt who's going to take care of business. And just win, baby, is the real deal. This team reminds me of the Raiders of the 70s, the Snake, getting it done in the last second of the game. I'm having a heart attack over here. That's how the games are. I don't care as long as you get the W. Love the call. Thank you, brother. And our next caller from Big Bear Lake. She needs no introduction. She is a solid piece of the Raider Nation podcast. The Raiderette herself. Raider Jane, what's up in the house? Hi, guys. It's Raider Jane from Big Bear Lake. Oh, my God. What was that? What happened? I think I'm still in shock. I don't know if my heart can it can hold out for the rest of the season. I thought when Derek Carr hurt his finger that it was just going to, oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know what I mean. I guess we're just not a third-quarter team, which we haven't been, but we're a fourth-quarter team. Just win, baby. Thank you for the call, and I couldn't have said it better myself. I'll say it again. The third quarter has not been friendly to the Oakland Raiders all season long. But for some reason, the fourth quarter, let's just say the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, have been amazing. And yes, I myself have high blood pressure, and trust me, these guys are pushing it to the limit. Uh, the entire stadium knew when he went down, we had very bleak thoughts. When he came back in, the roar of the crowd was like we had a touchdown. Amazing. Amazing game. I'll take the 9-2. and two. Let's move on to Buffalo. 
Uh, thank you for the call, girlfriend. And our next caller from Bakersfield, California. It's the B-Town Raider. He's in the house. What's up, brother? B-Town Raider here, calling out of Bakersfield, California. You know, I'm still on that winning high right now, Raiders. Five-game winning streak. When was the last time that happened? It's really nice to go home and watch the game with my friends and family and actually say, like, you know what? Raiders should win this game. Because for years and years and years, it's it's always been, I hope the Raiders win. Another thing I want to say is it's really nice to have stars, truly stars on our team. Khalil Mack, Carr, Crabtree, uh, Rashard, Latavius Murray. In the past, we really didn't have anybody. You know, we had, you know, Jason Campbell, Carson Palmer. I mean, just they're at the end of their years. Everybody knew. I mean, people would joke and say, you know, that's where the stars would go to their end of career, Oakland. I mean, look, top jersey sales, Darren McFadden. I like Darren McFadden. Sebastian Janikowski. I think we're the only team in the NFL that they're buying the kicker's jerseys, uh, which I currently own. But anyways, uh, we truly have stars on our team, and we're and we're playing good. Reggie McKenzie, can't say anything bad about him. He had a couple of hiccups, but in the beginning, our salary cap was all screwed up. Uh, he can only buy, you know, players that were on the end. But anyways, truly blessed to be an Oakland Raider fan right now with, like you said all the time, with the Christian quarterback uh, out of Bakersfield, by the way. Anyways, go Raiders. I'm so proud of the team. We got the Bills coming in. We should win this game. I'm happy to say that. Go Raiders. B-Town Raider out. Well, that's a great take, brother, and a great perspective, really. If we look back, as a Raider fan, it's totally obvious. Uh, Jason Campbell, uh, Lamar Houston, um, all the players we thought were the superstars that we were trying to hold on to that played the best on a bad team. Um, <laughs> Carson Palmer, not really that I really liked Carson, but, you know, we held our hopes on the Paper Tigers for years. And you're right. We finally have true superstars in Mac and Cooper and Crabtree and Carr, players that are consistent, that play well throughout every game. You know, this is the, the building blocks that you need to make it to a Super Bowl and win it. And this is the first time in a very long time that we've had so much talent. And Reggie McKenzie, I got to give him props, man. He has brought us out of the dark ages and on the precipice of a playoff game, what can you say but just win, baby, and that is for sure. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is right out of Dallas, Raider Jesse James in the house. I'm sure he's getting inundated from the Cowboy fans. I won't even say nation because you know what that is, the Raider Nation only. What's going on, Jesse James? Hey, what's up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Jason James out of Dallas, Texas. Man, it feels good. 13-year drought, brother. We we out of that. Oh, I am so stoked. I'm here with the family, three beautiful girls. Man, I, I'm overwhelmed. It's awesome. It's my little girl's life. It's fourth-year uh, uh, birthday. And we have something to say to you, of course. So go ahead and say, Mamas. Raider Nation. Yes. 
That's what we're talking about, way to Greg. Doing it big, man. Little music behind is a little one. Either way, Raider Nation is doing it big this year. Woo! Feels good. Y'all stay safe out there. Well, there you go, man. Your little girl's sporting the silver and black in certain hostile territory. Those Dallas fans are, they're nuts. But you got something to be proud about. Your family, your daughters. Hey, man, I would wear my silver and black every single day. Well, I do. <laughs> I do anyways. My wife looks in my closet the other day. She says, do you have any other color in here? I go, yeah, I got a yellow Warriors jersey in there. <laughs> that is about it for my closet. And you know what? I've been that way forever. You guys have been listening to the show for a long time. You know, I know the Ritter Nation is loud and proud at 9-2. and two. Whatever happens, I mean, we got a real good football team here. And it's just young and it's just getting there. It's just starting. We're at the beginning. This is the beginning of a trend for the Raider Nation and the Raider organization going upward. And it is so sweet to finally be there and see it happen. And when your little your little ones, your little girls, your little boys, your family is young, this is what it is, man. My little girls saw nothing but losses till now. They're in their 20s now. When they were, in their, they were their little, the Raiders were losing the whole time. But let me say, say this. They always wore their Raiders stuff. They're still wearing it today. That's what sets us apart, bro. Thanks for the call and the props. And our next caller is no stranger to the Raider Nation podcast, the Desert Raider, a.k.a. Raider Sid. What's up, bro? What up, Raider Randy, Raider Greg? This is Raider Sid, the Desert Raider. All right, Cam Newton went down, and he went down hard. Last play of the game, we took his ass out. Good job, Raiders. Way to fight back. Most teams that go through that and have a big lead and give it up usually fold. The old Raiders would have folded. Not the old, old Raiders, the recently old Raiders. I'm feeling like the Raiders of old, old. I have confidence in them. I just sit there thinking, you know what? Carr is not going to let these guys lose. Mac is not going to let these guys lose. We're kicking ass. We are kicking ass. And you know, all those people, oh, well, you won because you were lucky, or you won because of the ref. You know what? F you, all right? You guys just can't handle it that the Raiders are back, and we're going to be back for a while. Get used to it. All you bitches who gave me crap for the last 14 years, well, you can suck on it now. All right, Raider Randy, Raider Greg, just need to clean up that defense. They're killing me. All right, but as long as we keep winning, let's go. Let's keep going. All right? All right, Raider Nation. This is Raider Sid, the Desert Raider. Let's take on those Buffalo Bills and that is funny though you know you make a great point of you know someone loses now to the Raiders oh this is our referees and oh we got lucky well that's what it was like in the 70s bro we we got lucky all the time 
And we got lucky because we got a great quarterback named the Snake, Ken Stabler. We had Bolitnikov. We had Ten Hendricks. We had players that would not allow the team to lose even in the last breaths of the game. This game gave me another heart attack. I'm telling you, I'm sure the Raider Nation, all of us, were flipping out. But how sweet is the victory after that? And Scam Newton, Fig Newton, I was calling him while I was in the stadium. What a punk. At the end of the game, he pouted his pouty little butt over and kind of halfway gave Derek Carr a handshake. What a punk. What a buffoon. So happy that we beat them in the fashion we did because he was getting awful cocky there until he left with his head under that towel. I love it. And our next caller, my very good brother from deep in cold territory in Michigan, the Raider General. He's in the house. What's up, my brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Nation, this is a Raider General. I'm sick, so I have a gravelly voice today. So um, forgive me, I haven't called in this season. Uh, I've just been enjoying it, to be honest with you. And uh, Raider Greg, as a side note, I'm a Catholic, and I go to church every Sunday, and I was as guilty as everybody else. It was cathartic those Mondays, calling in and dropping those F-bombs. But... With the rise of a new team, maybe it's time for a new tone. So um, I salute you for your new direction you got going here. So anyways, I am so happy to be Raider Nation right now and so happy to share this season with my two sons, Elliot and Jameson, and even my other son that's a Vikings fan, Anthony. My heart is so full this season. It is so good to be a Raider. And uh, we've waited so Blinking long for this, longer than we should have. But that's what will make it ever so much sweeter when we get to the Super Bowl, right? So, uh, anyways, God bless you, Greg, and uh, God bless the nation. And, uh, man, go Raiders. Well, thank you for the call and the props on the new direction of the show. It's not me, bro. It's Jesus Christ in me that's making it go down that way. I don't have very much control anymore. Matter of fact, I don't want control. I'm giving it all up to him. And my son, too, James. My son has gone through the pains of defeat like your sons have for a long time. But, you know, I think it just makes us tougher because we've taken all kinds of garbage from a lot of other fans throughout the years, you know, poo-pooing the Raiders, well, guess what? The worm has turned, and all those fans that used to give me grief, <laughs> uh, they ain't giving me no more grief. And like I said, this is a young team. We're going in a great direction. We have a great Christian quarterback. And I'm telling you, if you don't see God in this picture, especially this last game, you blind, man. You is blind. Open your eyes and see the truth. I appreciate all the props, bro. You've been calling in for a long time. Appreciate the calls. And our next caller right out of Iowa, the Raider Warrior is in the house. I love it. I love that handle. What's up, my brother? 
Raider Nation, Raider Randy, Raider Greg. This is the Raider Warrior from Iowa calling in after last night's win over the Carolina Panthers. And I just got to start with, I am so proud to say for the first time since 2002, the Oakland Raiders have a winning season, baby. That's right. The Oakland Raiders, 9-2, and two, guaranteed a winning season. I know we're not done winning games yet, but man, has it been a long time coming. There's plenty of years where I was just praying for 9-7 and seven just, to, just to have the winning. But I'm proud of the Raiders. Uh, last night's game, just another reflection of what the Raiders have done all season, man. They have found a way to win every single game. And sure, after, you know, all but maybe the Denver game, which I thought was the most complete game we played all year, you know, there's things that, that need to be fixed. There's mistakes that are made. But, man, whatever situation the Raiders have been put in, they have found a way to win from going for two early in the season against the Saints to comeback wins in the fourth quarter, wins in overtime, being up big, you know, and blowing a lead there uh, to Carolina like that, but then being able to come back, get the touchdown, get the two points, go on to win the game. That is some Raider resilience right there, friends. And that is what can make them a dangerous team in the playoffs because at this point, what adversity hasn't the Raider Nation seen? Uh, I want to give a shout-out to some people for once that, you know, I mean, we all know Cooper and Crab um, are studs, and, and Derek, what a game he played and come back from that injury. Uh, my, my heart was in my stomach, but we didn't know what was going on with him, but to come back from that injury and play the way he did was phenomenal. But let's give a shout-out to a couple of other guys. My man, Seth Roberts. People have been dogging him a little bit. Some give him praise. Some people have been dogging him, saying, ah, yeah, he shows up once in a while for a touchdown, you know, this or that. Man, that kid can play. Did you see that catch over the middle? That was phenomenal. And we got supporting help from guys we were missing all year. Tight end position. Clive Walford, Michael Rivera came up with some big catches. Uh, my man Johnny Holton was even in on the action. I was waiting for Andre Holmes to start getting grabbed. Uh, you, you had some good production there. Uh, the, the Raiders have been receiving the ball well, um, even against the Texans, like, like 200 yards uh, out of the backfield. But anyway... Raider Nation, uh, we have a winning season again. We're back on top. I'm excited about it. First place, AFC West, maybe in the entire AFC, one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm happy about it here in Iowa, repping the Raiders since since day one. So, uh, like Al Davis said, just win, baby. Go Raiders. Well, thank you for the call, brother. I love this call. I love Seth Roberts. There's nothing wrong with Seth Roberts. He's the go-to man. You know, you got Crabtree on one side, you got Cooper on the other. They're double teaming one or both. And you got Seth. He's picking the ball out of the air, over his head, in traffic, reaching out, grabbing the ball. This kid is a baller. I love Seth Roberts. And Clive is finally starting to get it, I think. You know, he's starting to feel it. But this is a time when the Raiders are in a transition. They're becoming champions, and they're so young. This team is young. We have a lot of years looking forward to 
with these young studs in place. Our defense needs a little bit of work, but they seem to get the job done under immense pressure. Uh, this is a team like the 70s, bro. This is a nail-biting, heart-attack, stroke-providing team. And these games are epic. And when they're done, you feel like you ran a race. I love it. I love the call. Thank you, brother. And our next caller out of New Jersey is Raider Bones. Raider Bones is in the house. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Bones, New Jersey. Haven't called in a while. You know, I'm just sitting back, you know, trying not to have a heart attack like I almost had yesterday. We almost blew that lead, but you know what? You got Derek Carr. Like, I'm shell-shocked. I, I don't know what to say about the guy. Derek Carr is the truth. That's it. That's it. Sometimes I blink and I look, and I'm like, wait a second. Is that Ken Stabler or is that Derek Carr? Oh, my goodness, these fourth-quarter comebacks every week. Hey, guys, it's number nine, okay? We got nine. Let's get that ten, okay? I'm not saying anything about where we're going and where we're headed. All I know is the Broncos are at it in the damn uh, loop. Broncos ain't looking too good. Let's get that ten. And I want to go to Foxborough. I don't want that revenge because there ain't no tough rule anymore. Cam Newton, Cam Newton, you know what the black hole is now, don't you? You said you didn't know what the black hole was? What's the matter, buddy? You need your Oikos this week? This is Raider Bones. Let's go Raiders, baby. Get that 10 win. Peace. Fantastic call, bro. Just like I say, the 70s are back. It's like Kenny Stabler all over again. Crazy win, heart attack city. And yes, Fig Newton has seen, and now he knows very much about the black hole. I love it. I know he'll never forget it. That question will be answered clearly. Yes, I've seen the black hole. (laughs) Tough place to play. You better believe it, brother. Great call, man. Let's get that 10th win. I know we can't look too far forward. But, man, we got some – it's a tough schedule. You just got to play one game at a time, just like you said, bro. And our next caller is Sleepless in Korea. Can you dig it? What's up, bro? What's up, Ritter Greg? What's up, Ritter Nation? This is Sleepless in Korea. Man, what a hell of a past two weeks our boys have had. I mean, I know I haven't really talked about that Texans game. That Texans game was okay. You know, it should have won by a lot more. But, hey, let's get on this Panthers game here, man. They held, if you look at the first half numbers, they held the reigning NFL MVP to 18 yards passing. 18 yards passing the entire first half. Not only that, but Khalil Mack, God bless him, Khalil Mack took that pick six screen from Scam, I mean Cam Newton, and took it to the house. Now Cam's a good player, Cam's a great player. You know what, this is a team that was just coming on a Super Bowl run. Now, granted, they didn't have Luke Keekley. You know, that would have made a difference, but at the same time, hell, if, Har- if Carr wouldn't have got hurt on that, that third-quarter snap, it would have been a hell of a lot different, too. I mean, they had all the momentum going into it, so I really don't think Luke Keekley would have been that much of a factor in the outcome of the game. Granted, Carr doesn't get hurt, 
Luke Keekley doesn't really play that much of a factor. Fields wet and soggy for both teams. Uh, our DBs still struggling, man. Our defensive backs are still struggling. Our, uh, our defense is starting to come together. I mean, I know Sean Smith dropped that easy, easy pick in the first quarter. And he picks that ball. I mean, they're, they're, they're a business. Oakland's a business right there. They're already near the red zone. We're, we're getting points out of it, man. Overall, I'd say I'd give the defense a B plus. I'd give the defense a B plus. I'd give special teams just a B. They didn't do anything great. Uh, I'd give the offense A minus, maybe B plus. But that's just their performance alone. But as an entire team, for them to rally like that after Derek Carr got hurt and came back, dude. That is your NFL MVP for this year. Carr made his bones. Carr showed everybody, hey, I'm not some sissy. I'm not some punk. I'm not going to run and hide because of an injury. I'm going to come out, and I'm going to fight with my guys. You talk to any general manager, any head coach out there, they're going to tell you that's what you want in your leader. Your quarterback is essentially your leader. He will lead your football team. Quarterback is the most important single position in this league. You don't have a quarterback, you don't got a shot in hell to win shit. Now with Carr, man, we got lucky. We got really lucky he didn't get hurt any worse and that he was able to fight back and come back and lead us to a victory. Granted, that first drive he came back when he threw that pick to Thomas Davis, shit happened. You know, I'm sure he was still feeling the wear and the the discomfort from that injury, but nonetheless, you know, he took himself up, drove us back down there, man, beautiful throw to Walford, beautiful catch of that end zone by Clyde. I don't know if he's finally coming around or what, man, but he stepped up. This whole team stepped up big, man. The whole team stepped up, they gathered like a band of brothers, they got the job done, and they're showing everybody in the league, you better not be circling that game as a win in your column book. And I guarantee you this team is going to come out fighting every single week. Blackjack Del Rio has his team fighting, boys. I'm telling you something right now. The Davis better watch their backs because Oakland is coming, and they're coming with a vengeance. We got ourselves a team of guys that won't quit. Not many teams in the NFL can say that. But we can, baby. We can. Man, I'm so pumped up, Raider Greg. Woo! Raider Randy, thank you guys again for bringing us the Raider Nation podcast. Man, look forward to seeing you guys at the game, baby. Let's go Raiders. Fantastic call, bro. That's a great call because I can feel it. We all can feel it. We're all pumped up. But after listening to you, I'm really more pumped up. Yeah, Luke Kinkley, trust me, man, if he'd have been on the field, that would have made a real big difference. He is the best middle linebacker in the league, the best. And he's had some injuries and some concussion issues, but if he'd have been on the field, that would have made a big, big difference. And the interception from uh, that Carr made, he did not see the middle linebacker watching him. He just didn't see the play. That's all it was. Made a mistake. It made up for it right away. The Raiders are playing for this young quarterback, the quarterback, Derek Carr, is truly blessed. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to tell you right now. He is a Christian man, and God is blessing him with all his talents, 
He's like Hercules. He's like Samson. He's getting it done, and he's certainly anointed in the, in the way the team is following him, for sure, no doubt. This is a gutsy team, and I love what you said about other teams not circling the W on the Raiders in the schedule. That, my friend, no longer is occurring in this league. Faux show. Thank you for the call, brother, and the props. And our next caller from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Raider Tom is in the house wearing his gear, I am sure. What's up, bro? Hey, Raider Greg. This is Raider Tom from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah, the weather's changing up here. It's getting kind of cold, but that's okay. It's what we expect every year. Uh, I just want to let you know that your your Christian views on a the Raider podcast, which it's, I think it's a breath of fresh air. It's wonderful. I love it. Um, you know, Jesus said that the flock, my flock knows the sound of my voice. I mean, there's only two types. To me, there's only, there's only two types of people in this world, those that are called and those that are not called. For me, I know I'm one that is called. So, you know, hearing your podcast, I look forward to it every, every time it comes on. It's the one thing that keeps me going. Uh, I love the Raider Nation this year. We're looking really good. When teams are really good, they find a way to win, even when they're not playing in their A game, and we are finding ways to win. I hope that uh, Derek Carr's finger heals really, really fast and well, and I pray for his safety and his health, as long as long along with other Raider fans. Greg, thank you for the podcast. Keep it going, and two thumbs up from here in Minnesota. Thanks, Raider Greg. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, brother, for the props for sure. And uh, Jesus – Hey, man, he cannot be denied. He can't be denied, not by anybody who knows him. And he has uh, chosen his elect for sure. And it's never too late, folks. If you're thinking about it, you know what you got to do. Got to get in a good Bible-based church and take care of business. But Derek Carr's finger, he's going to be wearing that glove the rest of the season. I can tell you that right now. That is a brutal injury. It's painful. And it will not heal until he has a full offseason. And then he get a chance to uh, heal that finger up. But he's going to have a glove on the rest of the year. I can pretty much guarantee you that um, because he's going to have to have that thing kind of splinted in some fashion or another. Didn't seem to affect his throwing hand. Not at all. So uh, we got our quarterback still. He's in the game. We got to protect this young man and definitely pray for his safety. I appreciate all the props, brother. And our next caller out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I know it well. Spent some time there. It's the Deep City Raider. What's up, my brother? What up, Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is the Deep City Raider out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, it's been a little while since I called in. It was last year. As you remember last year when I called in, I was really enthusiastic and excited of the new team that we're producing and guess what it is already there it's nine and two we just beat the carolina panthers and really if Carr didn't hurt his finger i think we could have just dominated that whole game when Carr went down i was not praying for us to win the game i was praying for Carr to be good and healthy and not hurt his career because of a uh, a faulty snap. I, I felt bad for him. I saw the stands on TV. Everybody was quiet. 
everybody was crossing the arc, you know, hoping everything comes out good. And sure enough, car comes out like a miracle, you know, it was amazing. Uh, I, that game was just such a good game. It was just the way they dominated in the beginning. And then they came back because of an injury from Carr, and, and they pulled it off at the end. Oh, man, this team is really starting to shape up. Um, as you know, I live here in Albuquerque, and where I'm in the heart of Cowboy and, and uh, Bronco land in the middle of both, you know, eight hours away or so. <laughs> so now I hear those fans, they're wearing their Bronco gear as I wear my Raider stuff every day almost, <laughs> you know, except for when I'm at work. They're, uh, they come up to me and they tell me I have a good team. You know, uh, that just tells me that everybody's starting to realize that this team is on top. Uh, they're here to be a, you know, bring the Raider Nation back to the promised land, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, and I just wanted to um, say that I probably would have never told them that. <laughs> Not me, you know what I mean? I want to hate them. I want to put them down. But I want to tell them, hey, you guys have a good team. No way. You won't hear me tell a Bronco fan that or a Dallas fan. But um, as I was watching the game, I saw Cam Newton go there and give a, a ball to uh, a, one of his fans which I thought was a nice gesture. You know, I, I, I like for, you know, the Raider team to do that out there when one of our fans is out there. But I did not like the guys trying to take the ball or slap the ball away from the kid and accidentally hit his head. That's what I believe will happen. But I thought that was really distasteful. Uh, I was pretty upset about that. Uh, I saw something on YouTube and I made a comment about that. Uh, I really thought that that was uh, not uncalled for. But... What made me proud is the other fans covering that kid up and getting him out of the way because that guy was just a jerk. You can tell he was drunk and, and he just wasn't acting right. But anyway, that's all I have to say about that, guys. The Raider Nation is back. I, I, was, I stopped it last year. Uh, and even this year, it's just like amazing. I can't believe it. Uh, I walk into work on a Monday and everybody at work is like, wow, man, that game was awesome. You know, and it just feels good. But anyway, um, uh, I want to give props to, you know, the general manager and the coach and, of course, you know, the heart and soul of the team that, that's making it come together. Uh, thank you, Raider Nation, for letting me be on here and letting me talk to all of you. Uh, it is, it is, I am proud to be a Raider, and I tell you what, if I ever see any Raider fans out here, I always say hi to them, and if I see one on the street, I'll try to help. Peace out. First, man, let me thank you for the call, and let me just tell you a story about New Mexico. When I was 13 years old, I went out there to, to visit some family friends, and my parents left me there for about a month and a half. That's where I learned how to drive. I learned how to move cows. I learned how to plow fields. I worked as a farm guy for a month and a half for my, my, my father's friends. I have great memories of New Mexico, bro. Very fond memories. And yes, I would never tell a Bronco fan that their team was good. I don't care how good they are. And the same with the Dallas Cowboys. I feel you. We all feel you. And as far as jerks in the stands, listen, at this game, there was a guy sitting right next to me. He was drunk. He was loud. He smoked cigarettes. And, you know, it's up to us as a group, as a nation, to set people straight. Not mean, but just, you know, do the right thing. And for the most part, I got to say, Raider fans are pretty doggone on top of that. I got to say, I am proud 
of the fans that I've had anything to do with. There are a few bad guys out there, the guys that knock the ball out of that young man's hands. You know, that is unacceptable, and you saw what happened when it happened. Raider Nation, there are far more good fans than the one or two knuckleheads out there. Trust me, it's always been that way. There's always been a few in the crowd. But I'll tell you, for the most part, I love our fans, all of them, even the guys that are bad. They got they got issues, whatever, uh, but we just have to help them to become better fans, and we do that by being great examples of uh, what good fans are, and I think that's the majority of our team. I'm so happy you get to wear your stuff and listen to it all, baby. Take it all in, because we're 9-2, and two, and we're making a move, bro. I love it. Thank you for the call. And our next caller is from Mexico. Check that. Alfonso is in the house. What's going on, my brother? Hi, I'm Alfonso from Mexico. Hello, Raider Nation. I'm very glad to know that the Raiders are doing very well. The All the games are awesome. The last quarter wins. The the way that they ended the, all the games is just crazy, like a big play or or very crazy things. I think we can play like any like a play of games, like a Super Bowl games, and every every game we're playing, like if it's the last game for us, that's the good attitude about the team. They are very very in a very good vibe. They are they are doing great, and I'm also. Uh, I'm agree with the Raider Greg about uh, there's no appreciation about what he's doing with the podcast because I I'm uh, I just uh, from ten years ago I, more than ten years ago I start to hear the podcast and when the Raiders were doing very bad and nobody pay attention and we are the love we are a joke uh, Raider Greg always stand up for the for the Raider Nation. And uh, I think it's unfair how how they don't uh, recognize the Raiders organization. They don't recognize the the, the big the big uh, fort he's doing every week. So, anyways, uh, thanks and uh, we'll go Raiders! Wow, brother! Wow! Yes, this team can play anybody, like you said, and we have a chance to win any game at any time, like you said, and. You know, I, I didn't mean to complain about not getting the props from the Raiders organization, but, you know, I appreciate you. You know, I know you've been around because I remember, I think you sent me an email, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, we've been we've been in the trenches for a long time. And uh, I don't know if they understand that, but I don't care. I don't need to have any glorification or anything. The only reason I wanted to have passes to the camp was that uh, I really enjoy seeing the young players interviewing the guys like Marquette King when he got his first interview with us. Nobody was talking to him. Now you can't even get to him. Uh, I love things like that. I love talking to the team, other reporters. Uh, it's a shame that uh, that they don't recognize that, but that's okay, bro. What I have is the fan base. What I have is the people who listen to our show. And to me, that is way good. As good enough uh, for this fan, because that's why I started this show. I didn't start it for them. 
I started it for us. And I appreciate your props, bro, so very much. It touches my heart. Thank you. And our next caller is Jersey Boy Radar. He is in the house. What do you have for us, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Jersey Boy Raider. Bend, don't break. And I'm not talking about Derek Carr's pinky. I'm talking about the D. And, you know, the D takes a lot of heat, okay? And maybe deservedly so. But to the Raider Nation, we're watching these guys every week. Keep something in mind. And we'll get the car and his comebacks and everything soon. It does bring us back. But if you think about it and you go through the games, that the D steps up on the final drive in many games this year, including the Titans, the Ravens game, which I stood there and watched live. It was amazing. Chargers, Bucks, totally shut down the Broncos, Texans, and then last week with the Panthers. There were many, many games there where the last drive, if they get down there, score, you get a field goal, you get a touchdown, we lose. Okay, so as much as we give credit to the offense, and I do, if you know me by now, my calls and my love for Derek Carr and his team, and the offense is doing it. I'll get to that in a minute. But the defense, in my opinion, is the bend, don't break. They are coming up with big plays, led by, of course, Mack. I have to say, though, that the uh, some of the players are really, really stood up and uh, stepped up this week. Seth Roberts continues to make big plays. He's such a big play guy, and he's, he's always good for a drop or two. Hey, NFL, it happens. But great game by him. Clive Wolford, excellent game. I mean, key, key catches there. Good blocking. I mean, a huge catch to get us down there, and then a touchdown was awesome. Even Rivera getting involved. Taiwan Jones, are you kidding me? There are so many weapons on this team. But I got to say, welcome back to Michael Crabtree. I mean, he's been kind of quiet. He's had some drops. He even had a drop early in the game. Car kept going to him, and man, he had a monster, monster game. Loved it. So welcome back, Michael. Uh, again, so many weapons, and the thing I love about the team the most is the support for each other. They play together as a team. You could tell these guys really love one another and what they're doing here. You see so much uh, animosity and things on the sides and fighting and this and that. We just have none of that. And it's just, it's just great to see. I just could be happier for this team right now. Got to talk about Carr. I mean, this goes up here with the bloody sock game with Schilling. <laughs> this was amazing. He came out there with his black glove like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Sorry, he's on the dark side, but Luke Skywalker. And he just, you know, I was sitting on my couch in Jersey saying, that's it. If he broke his hand or his thumb or whatever, I don't know, it might be over. And I was panicking. And you can hear it on, on TV, the black hole, you hear a pin drop. But, man, all you hear was a roar of the Raider Nation. When he came through that tunnel, oh, my God. It was like the heavens opened up. And it was just awesome. You see him saying, I'm good, I'm good. He gets out there and starts firing the ball. And he threw a pick. Again, guys, he's going to throw interceptions. Okay, it's okay. But he bounces back. He doesn't lose confidence. And he did what he had to do. Our defense gave up a lot of points. Some were gifts. It's okay. When he came back in there, you knew that he was going to lead this team back. That's what he does. And the players around him play hard for him. We need Derek Carr. Someone even said this week on the radio, he is the Raiders. I hate to say that one player is, but if you can ever think of an MVP this year, it's definitely Derek Carr. So great job by him. Love the guy. He has the ultimate will to win. And then Khalil Mack. <laughs> he is just dominating on defense. It's just great to see. He's putting the D on his back. 
guys like Irvin and them are really making some good plays and stepping up. And I got to tell you, it's so great to see this guy doing what we know he can do, and it's only going to get better for him. So you think about getting Carr and getting Mac in that draft, and we built a team around these two guys. So rightfully so, they should be the two guys right now leading this team. They are the core, and everyone plays around them on offense and defense. So just amazing. Amazing effort, of course, Mark King. He's awesome, and we love you, Johnny. Good kick there at the end. With a light seven there, but the Raiders got to make it interesting. We can't have an easy game. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to wrap it up by just saying what a wonderful time to be a Raider fan. Raider Nation, this was for us. This was for the Raiders, Jack, Real, everybody. Enjoy it, guys. Enjoy every minute of it. We're going to ride this way until it ends, and hopefully that's in the Super Bowl with a number four. All right, so with that being said, hope everybody's enjoying your holidays. And uh, Greg, thanks for the prayers. God bless you. God bless the Raider Nation. And just win, baby. That was a great call. Very good call. And the bend but not break has given me a stroke. Because <laughs> they're taking chunks out of this defense. But like you say, when it counts, when it really counts, they step up, they get it done, we get the turnovers, we stop them on third down. Um, I mean, the Denver game was a complete game. The first half of the Carolina game was the best half I think we played all season. But, like you said, we have a young team. It is a great time to be a Raider fan, especially if you've been a Raider fan for years. Everybody knows it. Your coworkers, your neighborhood, all your friends, they've given you pain these last decade now you're hearing a different tune from those guys as you should because the raiders are back on top about doggone time god bless you too brother for sure and you know i mean it uh great call man and our next caller is familiar voice i've heard it before and so have you the prez is in the house how you doing brother Good morning, Raider Nation. This is the prayers, and I just want to say job well done. Short and sweet, simple and plain. We fall back. Derek Carr showed what kind of warrior quarterback he is. Hell, I'm about ready to always put this guy as a great already, man. I mean, um, we get that championship. It's a long time coming. Raider Nation is just, just excited, you know, proud of our colors everywhere we go. I haven't been so proud to be a Raider in a mighty long time. 14 years just going through all the hoobla and the snickering and the footnotes of, you know, being the butt end of the jokes and all that stuff. That's all gone. Just enjoying it. Just basking. Yes, it was a heartbreak and it was a hard, you know, whatever you want to name it game, but damn it, we came through and I had no complaints whatsoever. We came through, we prevailed. It was just like a Rocky fight. He was on the ropes. He was getting hit. But then he got that second win. He started kicking you-know-what. And with that being said, we're 9-2. and two. I'm not depending on no Kansas City donkeys and stuff and whatever because the NFL is the NFL any given day. You got to take what's yours and earn your keeps. You can't depend on no one. You have to earn your keeps. Bottom line is when we meet, we either handle business or we seal our own fate. And once again, I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did. The holidays is upon us. Let us all rejoice. Stay safe out there. Be prayed up. 
be very happy for what we are witnessing right now. Sweet victory. Victory is so sweet that I want a second and third feeling of it. I'm about to get ready and go to work, and I'm just feeling happy, brother. I just I just can't. This, man, this is just unbelievable, brother. I mean, wow. The Raiders, all these years, man, just heartbreak after heartbreak. I can remember one particular podcast uh, three years ago, to be exact, and you were so, uh, so pumped up, and we just knew. And then, you know, needless to say, it just kept going on and on and on and stuff like that. But this year, for some reason, I wasn't really, I, I got to admit, I wasn't even really stoked about it. I just like, okay, well, um, let's see what it brings and everything. And it's pretty much um, saying itself. With that being said, again, Raider Nation, let me get up out of here and go to work. I hope everybody is having a wonderful time. And um, can't help but notice we got some commercials now. I've seen a couple, uh-huh. See, winning changes everything. That's a whole nother subject itself. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, thank you so much. This is the Prez, Memphis, Tennessee. I'm out. It is amazing. For years, uh, like I said, a lot of Raider fans, including myself, <laughs> everybody knows we're Raiders fans, and we get beat. We hit a whole new low, and it'd be a big joke, snicker, snicker. Um, you know, I'd hit the podcast and give you my two cents more than that probably more like 50 cents worth the garbage about this and that um because we were just having a hard time for so very long and now this year with this team which i was so used to you know you get in a habit of seeing the team start to do good and you, you know what's going down this game doesn't look right and then this team this team comes along and changes the dynamic from uh, we're going we're going down to hey man we're gonna win this game we can win this game with this team we can win this game with this quarterback it's a complete change of attitude it starts with the team with the general manager with Del Rio with Derek Carr Khalil Mack Cooper Crabtree Roberts Live Walford uh, Hudson Rodney Hudson the offensive line. Let's not forget the defensive line. Every player on this particular team has been set in a place to complement each other and look where we are. I tell you, I did not see 9-2. and two. I can tell you that for sure. I thought it was a 7-win season, maybe even 5. And here we are. So that just goes to show you what I saw this year. I didn't see any of this coming. But boy... Is it not a sweet place to be? And I feel you, every bit of you, so does everybody else. It's a great time to be part of the Raider Nation. Thank you for the call, my brother. Well, that will wrap it up for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. I look forward to seeing everybody at the Bills game in my seat, loud and proud like the rest of the Raider Nation. Before I sign off on the show, let me say this. Jesus said, he that has an ear, let him hear. And I'm just saying this right now because in this time of the world, with all that's going on, the social media, instant news, you can see people's tragedies in their life. You see people's successes in their life. Babies, children, graduations, birthdays, celebrations, anniversaries. 
death, disease, injuries, all that is. We have to remember the God of the universe controls all things. He's from the beginning and from the end as well. We have to get back to Jesus Christ, man. I'm telling you right now. He's calling you, and if you haven't heard him, listen. Because he will talk to you in a still, small voice in your very Holy Spirit. I wish all of you the very best this Christmas season. Uh, Merry Christmas, because it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, remember what Christ did, what he said, what he stood for. God bless the Raider Nation. God bless the Raider team. Keep them safe. And that is about it. Amen to that. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Oh.